0: He's just one of those type of players that I can see like blowing up. Yeah. if given the opportunity because he has the first. He has the the skill set. He's one of those super fast, can catch the ball, shifty, and then he already scored a touchdown this last week. So, he, so the coaches have seen it. You know, what I'm saying he's 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 had a taste of the of the shine. So the moment won't be too big for him because by the time if once that happens, it'll be too late. Is his the amount of money to bid for him will be too high, or, or other people already have him?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No. So that, now is the, the time. question
1: is, I just. Hmm? What are you saying?
2: Who are you gonna drop? Yeah, Why is Kendrick Bourne on your roster?
0: Oh, he needs to go. No, he you... shouldn't even touch your roster. Yeah. Don't don't ever don't like. Yeah, close. Turn, because turn even out.
2: when you feel like a need, okay, I mean, I gotta start him. It's gonna be so random, and there'll be plenty of guys like that you can get on a waiver that you'll be able to like. At least have you can like at least have an excuse or a reason.
0: Burn that roster to the ground.
1: <laughs>
0: like like he's been that roster's been tainted.
1: Welcome to 1st and 15th, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with two-time FFPC champion, AB. Alongside him is our dynasty guru, Dio the Machine. Guys, I want to talk about this last quarter we're going into. We're going into the playoffs. I think our next video will be probably going into the playoffs, right? Um, So I want to go through all 32 teams again. Let's start with the AFC East. It looks like Buffalo has a lock on that division um. Again, let's talk about Buffalo for a second. I want to keep talking about this backfield because I don't know when to start
2: Singletary, when to start Moss. Have you guys figured it out yet? No, I mean, I think nothing's really changed from preseason. You know, this was kind of an avoid backfield for us personally. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it came down to the type of offense that they run, which is largely based on and predicated on the run but then also their quarterback who tends to steal quite a bit of their rushing attempts and rushing touchdowns. So really you're like hoping to catch lightning in a bottle from game to game. Mm -hmm. Now this week coming up, obviously uh, Zach Moss, I think is in concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. But even with that being said, you know, assuming that Singletary gets all the run, I think is, you know, a dangerous game that you try to play there because, we could easily see uh, them activate a few other backs uh, and get some other guys involved. Uh, so, again, that's that's not a backfield where I'm going to be spending a lot of my fab you know, trying to acquire one of those running backs or, or worried about.
0: I don't think any yeah. of them will be available e- anyways. Yeah. But, I mean, if it's not – if Miles doesn't play, the only other back I can see them considering is um Brita. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really used him much, not since, like, the the beginning of the season. I think they might decide to just – Rock with Singletary and just yeah. see what they now, now the the exactly. bigger issue, more so is the usage of the running backs in this offense, like you were saying. Josh Allen is the goal line back, effectively, mm-hmm. even though he you know he messed up in that Titans game, but he's the goal line back. You know, they like to pass the ball and when they're passing the ball, Josh Allen likes to scramble, which effectively becomes the running game. Um, so you know it's not enticing now, you know, but fantasy football it's a game of attrition. Sometimes you you don't have a lot of options on your roster, you know?
2: And the biggest issue with the Bills that we're seeing now is kind of what we saw or what we've been seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs, where, uh, you know, teams are are really not letting them go deep. They're playing Mm -hmm. that too high safety. We keep hearing, you know, keep hearing about it. Uh, And we talked about it in the last few podcasts, how, like, defenses are just, you know, specifically, you know, uh, scheming, uh, you know, to take away, you know, teams' deep balls. Uh, And I think... When it comes to the bills and it comes to the chiefs they these teams really i mean it's in their best interest to learn how to run the ball mm. I think until they get a little bit more balanced they're going they're going to struggle uh, when teams uh, take away the deep ball and, and they're not willing to take uh, you know take the uh, underneath uh you know the uh, underneath uh passes uh, you know the uh, flats uh, and you know uh dumping it off to you know their slot receivers but
0: uh, you actually you actually just reminded me I saw something the other day where they said The Bills see Cole Beasley or the offense through Cole Beasley as basically their running game. Hmm. Yeah, and, the fact that they're giving all these short yeah. passes, and you know he's helping yeah. them move the chains, and that kind of makes sense, yeah. you know. So and
2: especially with Dox and Knox out. Now Dox and Knox are probably coming back to this next game, but that's one yeah. reason you know I think we got hit up on uh, Twitter for a question on it was a, a sit start. It was Emmanuel Sanders and a couple of other players, and mm-hmm. you know that we commented you know this probably not an Emmanuel Sanders game because I think they were playing in Miami at the time, and Miami has you know two pretty two pretty solid outside. Uh, cornerbacks uh you know the slot corner tends to struggle there's no Dawson, Dawson Knox so it's probably going to be a cold breezy game and sure enough he had double digit uh catches mm-hmm. in that game so uh there there is a way i think you can kind of figure out uh who to start in the uh passing game but uh, as far as a run game, to me, it's it's largely, uh, you know, a, a big avoid. Uh, and Taiwan Jones, I know he plays mostly special teams, but, he you know, you may see him get a little bit more He used run. to be a cornerback. Yeah. He used
0: to be a DB. They converted. I think yeah. the Raiders converted him.
1: Maybe it's the Bills. Yeah. Speaking of running the ball through these short passes, I think when I think about that philosophy, I think the New England Patriots – and screens a little dump off as an extension of the run. Let's talk about the Patriots for a second because it seems like Mac Jones is kinda in that same like or going through that same playbook of, you know, just check down. Is, is this a compliment? <laughs> are, are we I can't no, 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 wait, like I'm back, figure it no, out
0: it's I'm a like, back hand a compliment. Just, hey, compliment. Hey, like, <laughs> a positive Comment no. about Mac Jones, or no, what are we doing it's, right here? It's, it's, it's
2: definitely not a Oh, okay, okay. No. I thought we turned no, a yeah. new leader. I think, I think a couple th- there are a couple important things to know about the Patriots right now. One is that they're in the playoff hunt. So, sure. right now, I think one of the biggest things you can do as a fantasy football player is try to isolate the teams that are in contention and are in the hunt because it matters as far as from a player personnel and who you can anticipate them like really riding down the stretch teams that are like winless, that have one wins that are completely out of it, that are really playing for that number 1 overall seed. I'm telling you, you know, when they're, when, when a star player or a starter gets a little dinged up, low mm-hmm. ankle sprain, those type of players you can see going on IR, even though it may be a one week injury or an injury that they can play through, but it's an excuse for these teams to sit these starters right. and then, then look at some of these younger players. Yeah. So it's I how think, Arian
0: Foster was found out, honestly, for exact, the Texas exactly, exactly. Back.
2: So that that's a little way you can kind of gain an advantage over the field. So when it comes to the Patriots, this is becoming a backfield that I am interested in. I know it's a move, you know, it's a lot of moving parts uh, and week to week it, it changes. I think Damian Harris, as long as he's healthy, is, is uh, especially in, in leagues where you start two flexes, uh, is, is definitely a flex worthy start, uh, especially depending on the matchup. But, like I said, you know, three or four weeks ago, Ramon J. Stevens is a name to remember yeah. and if you can get him on your roster. Because if Damian Harris goes down, not only can he get the in between the tackles carries, he's also someone who's shown the, the ability to be able to catch uh, passes out of the backfield and actually go downfield and run routes. We've seen that now a couple times. So, uh, that that's a backfield that I that I'm keeping close attention to, and they help us out to some degree. In mm-hmm. years past, it was very tough, but I think now, given you know their limited resources there, and the fact that they keep uh, you know at least one or two of those running backs inactive, mm-hmm. now you have a better sense because usually it's only three of those four guys between Damian Harris, who's always usually active. And then Brandon Bolden, who's mm-hmm. typically active because of his special teams uh, play. And then it's between Ramondre Stevenson and J.J. Taylor. Mm-hmm. And so, again, based on matchup, based on who's, in, who's active and who's inactive, if you're in a pinch and you need to get a starter in, uh, that, that's a backfield where you could potentially find some value, I think. I think
0: hey. you – wait, but you forgot to mention, though, that both um, Harris and Stevenson are hurt right now. Yeah, right. concussions. They Concussion both have protocol. head injury. And mm-hmm. I think well, – I didn't – I saw the video come across my timeline. I didn't watch it. I was busy at work today. Um, but it, from my context clues, it almost made it seem as if the coach didn't sound as optimistic regarding their availability. Um, mm-hmm. I think you were saying something about how, you know, they got to go through the protocol, however way that is, and, yeah. you know, kind of talking like it's maybe something they're probably yeah. not going to be able to do in time. So with that being said... Um, I know probably people are thinking of Brandon Bolden, but don't forget JJ Taylor yep. in this mm-hmm. situation. I think JJ Taylor might be the actual biggest beneficiary now. When we talk about the Patriots, it's always a guessing game. So you know, you know, I could say it's one thing, and then it'd be totally different when the game actually occurs. But JJ Taylor, is somebody that's probably out there quite a bit. Um, he's the the out of the two between Bolden and JJ Taylor, I, I would think Taylor would be the goal line back. Um, Bolden, of course, would probably keep his receiving. Receiving role, but but definitely don't sleep on Taylor. Yeah. Quick
1: question, quick question, have you guys started any other Patriots receivers this season? I try not to, <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, for the most part, no. And I was not, you know, even when uh, Myers was getting a lot of love in the off season. Even at that point, I was still more kind of on the Aguilar train because my whole idea was I don't want a guy who's going to get four to five catches a game, low mm-hmm. A dot you know, barely find the end zone and kind of give me nine to 10 points. And I'm, you know, you know, struggling starting him every single week. And that's kind of what I saw in Myers. And uh, for whatever reason, it seems like that's what he is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my idea, you know, the reason I drafted Aguilar was because, okay, even though it's a low likelihood, it's a guy you can kind of get in the far later rounds of drafts Mm and 20 round drafts where if he does end up becoming the number one, okay, maybe I hit. And if he doesn't, you can drop him. Uh, I you know, I lean more on the tight end, specifically Jonu, and that was a huge miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, we were able to find that out pretty early on. So it's a passing game that, like, uh, I try to avoid. But that, again, that's why I'm finding value and finding some, uh, you know, I'm finding that backfield somewhat appealing is because the passing game is so poor.
0: So so it's funny because – so to answer your question, I've started um, Jacoby Myers – a week or two here and there. But, of course, it's due to necessity. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like I wanted to have him be my starter. Injuries have occurred. weeks have occurred. I need somebody to fill that role. He's a starter and wide receiver that tends to get a lot of targets. Um, but what's interesting is, and I'm, I, it's kind of common knowledge now, but about in the offseason, I don't think a lot of people were even aware of it. But I was just kind of looking at his numbers, and it, I realized that in three-season NFL, maybe this is third, maybe this is Fourth, he's never scored a touchdown. Nope.
1: Oh, yeah. Never yeah. scored, nope. and he's had
0: he has so many conversion. targets, so many <laughs> targets, so many catches, so many yard, yeah. so much yardage. And ne- like I literally looked at yeah. it in this in on my phone when I was yeah. looking at this, I was like, "This can't be right." Yeah, and I and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, so yeah. so then I was like, "Okay, this guy now this might be you know it's obviously fluff, but it might be nothing. But he did switch his agent." to Drew <laughs> Rosenhaus in the summer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to switch, eight, yeah. that's when you're trying to say, okay, I'm, I'm trying to cash in, yeah. I'm trying to prove myself. So I thought he was going to yeah. kind of show out this yeah. season. Yeah. So, Last, But yeah. wait, but so I was thinking once the season, the games played out, mm-hmm. he was going to let everybody be aware. Like, hey, everybody, I have not scored a touchdown. <laughs> Can I finally get my touchdown being the <laughs> de facto number one wide receiver for the Patriots? Yeah. And they've actually talked about it this season on the broadcast yeah, when I watched yeah, the yeah. Patriots yeah. game and he still is just allergic to the touchdown, it you know? It's, yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's more to offense. But I, the last thing I wanted to say was, you know, oftentimes when we're drafting, you know, remember this term, you know, uh, upside versus not upside, et cetera. And to me, you know, people, I think, you know, view these slot receivers all in one large bucket. So let's use Hunter Renfro. Let's use Cole Beasley and Jacoby Myers all in the sort of kind of, you know, talk about them in the same way. And – two of those guys are in higher passing volume offenses or offenses with more established QBs, definitely with Cole Beasley, and we see that with Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. So that makes all the difference in the world where those two guys on a week-to-week basis can potentially have upsides in a PPR, where Jacoby Myers in a low passing volume offense, you know, it's going to be very few and uh, far in between where you, where you get those spike weeks.
1: Well, guys, I want to talk about the Jets for a second. Um, is it just me or does it seem like the Jets' offense... It's doing better without Zach Wilson, who had the entire entire, (laughs) offseason. It absolutely does. Everybody sees it, too. Everybody sees it, Yeah,
2: Both backup quarterbacks seem to excel in that offense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so
1: who are you picking up um, out of that receiver room with the Jets? Uh,
2: Ty Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, I've been on the Ty Johnson bagwagon for the last few weeks. Uh, But that's mostly because, you know, after Zach Wilson got hurt and seeing uh, White come in – and again, I don't want to call him necessarily a checkdown artist. I felt like he gave what the defense, you know, uh, or or he took what the defense gave to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he just he basically he fed his running backs, and his running backs produced in the passing game. And they're a team that's you know we saw that we seen that defense just struggle uh, throughout the year. So they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. Uh, and so when Tevin Coleman's out of the picture, and that's very very important. When Tevin Coleman's out of the picture. And White is the starting quarterback. What's like. Tevin's injury right now? Right now, I think he's questionable. So you like, what is eye. the injury, though? Uh, I think it was a high ankle, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay. High ankle and knee. I think it was a lower extremity of some sort. So when Tevin Coleman's out of the picture and White is starting, I like both running backs. And then, of course, Elijah Moore, obviously, uh, and really, I mean, like depending on the matchup, like they're playing the Bills this week. You know, I'm not really a fan of playing their outside wide receivers. So mm-hmm. to me, this is not, you know, a Keenan Cole type week or if Corey Davis is back, not a Corey Davis type week. I'd probably, you know, look at Elijah Moore or, you know, James, James Crowder if I have to. So that to me, you know, is more. But those running backs are always in play whenever there's only two. Mm-hmm. Those running backs are always in play for me. So, so, Dial. Who are you starting out of that receiving uh room?
1: Is it if you had to choose, would it be Elijah Moore or would it be Jamison Crowder or Corey Davis? You're just gonna ah, not, you know oh, Co- now, now
2: you're not a Corey Davis fan. He's banged up. He's ah, okay. Play. Well, I think he's coming back this week, but to yeah. be
0: honest with you to be honest with you, my answer is I, I like all of them. Yeah. Why? Because I think Mike White actually looks good as a quarterback. He does. You know? yeah. So if he's gonna be competent in that offense, and remember this is probably the uh a, a a, a 49ers offense when it was actually successful. You mm-hmm. know, if he's going to be able to be competent, all those receivers are kind of in play. I mean, he made Keelan Cole look good. You know, he's the wide receiver four for that team. Um, now, of course, John John, Josh Johnson was the one that, you know, allowed Elijah Moore to do what he did last game, but still, it just shows that if this offense is run well, it could produce players. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, I'm not going to have a team with multiple Jets, so I'm not going to have Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, so Whichever one I have, I'll play. If I was to rank him, I would rank him Elijah more because he seems like the one that's the most exciting. Mm-hmm. He seems like the one that can actually have the more explosive game. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I would go Corey Davis because he seems like the stable, you know, possession type wide receiver that gives you a safe floor. If and then, he's healthy. If he's healthy, of course. Mm-hmm. And then Jamison Crowder uh, would be third. But it's not a major, major difference between all of them can produce. All of them have produced this season. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they have good quarterback play. And, I, and I'm hoping they keep losing. Yeah, because if they keep losing, that means they're going to always stay in negative game scripts. They're going to always pass the ball. And again,
2: um, another example of a team that is not you know looking like they they're not whatsoever in the playoff hunt. So what you are yeah. going to see is that they're gonna, they're going to try to you know get a good look at their younger guys and try to get them more involved in the offense. And that's what we saw with Elijah Moore. And this is the one thing that I love mm. when I when, it just when we reminded saw it me about early. something. we
0: well, finish your point. I
2: love it's not it's not you know people. I think we get caught up in the idea of okay, he plays on the outside or he plays in the slide, and That may be a good or bad thing. I think what's more important is when they move players around anytime I hear that they are moving a wide receiver around mm-hmm. that means that they're also scheming to get him open. That means he's the first read likely in a lot of their passing plays uh and I love hearing that, so to me, that is why Elijah Moore is far and beyond like all the other wide receivers because they're actually moving him around, yeah, and they want to get him involved
1: oh yeah, so what are you gonna say Don
0: I was gonna say that point that you were making as far as teams when they you know when they probably are kind of fizzling out near the end of the season. And they probably want to look at, you know, younger guys. Um, The tight end for the Jets, um, Tyler Croft, Mm he was put on IR. You know, I think he had Mm a leg injury Mm -hmm. or something in his last game, which means Ryan Griffin is going to be elevated. He's the tight end one now, Mm -hmm. theoretically, for the Jets. But they have another rookie there, Kenny Yeah, I believe his name. I think he's a fourth-round pick Mm -hmm. this season. Um, You know, if they end up doing kind of like what Abby's saying – we might be able seeing a little bit more of him hmm. near the end of the season. He's one of those talented, athletic type mm-hmm. tight ends. So just get the ball in his hands; he can make good things happen.
2: He had a lot of offseason buzz. Yeah.
1: So uh, Tua kind of burned me on one of my teams this past week. Did you play him? I or you I didn't, didn't have, have anybody I didn't, else. I didn't have a backup. Oh man! But, but luckily, it was one of like the cheaper teams. I wasn't ready. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't <I'm> ready. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of Jalen Waddle, I'm. Uh, Outside of Waddle, is there anyone else who you should be starting on the Miami Dolphins team?
2: Oh, Gusecki. You should be starting him week oh, yeah. in and yeah, week yeah, out, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. especially with the limited pass yeah, targets Gusecki. they have. You know, Devontae Parker is now uh, on IR, Will Fuller, and God, who knows? I mean, if you're rostering Will Fuller right now, you know, I'll send a prayer to you. But <laughs> there, there's really nobody else there. I mean, you know, we kind of, you know, uh, joked about uh, some, uh, who was a wide receiver that we mm. were at? Uh, Albert it. Wilson. Albert Wilson. Yeah, oh, yeah that's my guy. <laughs> you know, that's guy. Yeah, yeah, but he, you Bert. know, he's just not. He's not that. Nah, you know, he's, he's not doing he's it. He's not either. the one. Uh, so th- th- you know, you really can't start anyone out else out. You know, Preston. Preston Williams is my yeah, guy at one point. Yeah, too. he's he's, he's he actually has played a little bit, but I, he keeps going in and out. He I don't keeps know what's going on, big man. Up. So really, yeah, really, it's Waddle and Gasicky, and same, you're just like with Elijah Moore. They're moving Waddle around, mm-hmm. and so, and he's a young guy. This team obviously has really only won two games. They're not in the hunt, so they're going to try to get their young guys the, the ball. Those are really the only guys that I'd be looking at. And yeah. of course, Gaskin will get his in a passing game. Is I ain't doing, is, I ain't touching
0: Gaskin. I'm telling
2: you, <laughs> you know, look, the, the thing with with Gaskins again, like this is a situation where if it's only two running backs, okay. Mm-hmm. And depending on the game, depending on the game scripts, like I am more than fine playing Gaskins. I'm not expecting the world. But someone who can get you four to five targets a game, three to four catches a game, and then is going to get the goal line carries because there's no you know, the, 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 there's no other bigger backs there. Two weeks
0: ago, they elevated Patrick Laird, and Patrick Laird had a lot more yeah. snaps yeah. than, than Gaskin. I mean, the, the problem it's I have t- with t- Gaskin, t- it's, it's hard to trust him. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if I can't trust you, I'm never going to feel good putting you in my lineup because it's almost like a total well, gamble at that point. Sometimes it's a necessity. You know? yeah, I mean, if you're in a pinch,
1: but... Yeah, yeah. So at the end of this season, I do want to do like a way too early rankings. Like, like after the Super Bowl. Like for we the got 2022, 2022 season. season? Right, right, right. Okay. Just as a sneak peek, where do you guys think Waddle is going to go
2: next year like during draft season? He'll probably go in the fifth, sixth round. Uh, but those are important. Mm-hmm. Because last year, I had Jonathan Taylor as like one of my top three backs. Mm-hmm. I had him number three, actually. And as the offseason went along, and whether it was like group think that got to me, or just my over analysis on my he end, he started to get lower and lower. So I think you know sometimes it's accurate to do it right afterwards. So mm-hmm. I'll be looking forward to that episode. All right, let's move to the NFC East.
1: Let's talk wait, about- wait, wait,
0: real quick though. Yeah. Do y'all think Devontae Parker is going to stay on the team next year? I think they just gave Mm him an extension Mm -hmm. last year, but regardless, y'all know how those contracts are. Y'all think he'll be on the Dolphins next year?
1: I don't know who's going to be on the Dolphins next year. The reason I'm asking is
0: because that type of question, Mm -hmm. if Parker is still there, Mm -hmm. I would agree. He would be probably, you know, fifth round, sixth round. Mm -hmm. If they, for some reason, decide to bring somebody else in, then the question is, are they bringing somebody a big name, a high-end rookie, or are they just bringing a complimentary piece? Yeah. So that's going to kind of... Like change all type of yeah. things up because if they bring in a big name, kind of like how T Higgins was at this point last year. Yeah. T Higgins was looked at like major, like okay, this is a, a uh the number one receiver for the Bengals. Look how great Burrow looked. Yeah, you know, top notch. They they added Chase.
2: I don't know. This is a, this is this the whole a game. Number one wide. This uh first round, early draft pick. Early first. Yeah, draft we, draft, I so mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah.
0: See. But, but these first round picks, man, like Jalen Rieger. What's yeah. going on with him? Yeah. Well,
2: he – I mean, I don't – I'm not a college We'll get guy. to him. We'll yeah. But we'll even Waddle, though, even what I've seen from Waddle, like, I, to me, I'm not overly impressed, like, whatsoever. W- Waddle mm-hmm. doesn't – I'm not. It doesn't necessarily – maybe it may not be so much with him, more so probably offense. with the offense mm-hmm. and, like, his role in the offense. So, I'm not going to be, like, jumping over – I say – you know 5th 6th round because that's where I think the you know the consensus will be. I won't be drafting him in the 5th and 6th round. Yeah. Not if they not, not if everything stays as it currently is. Even yeah. if Deshaun Watson comes to mind, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. the okay. that's really that's what that, you to say. That, <laughs> yeah. now, now we now, now, we, now, we, now, now you changed the discussion change, a little now you, bit. Yeah, now things are getting a little interesting.
1: All right guys, let's go to the NFC East. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Listen, disappointing loss last week, but still they still have a high powered offense. You have to... If you have CeeDee Lamb, you have to play him. You have Amari Cooper, you have to play him. If you have Zeke, yes, you have to play him. Look, Are you still rostering Tony Powell?
2: So... Yes, yes, do not do not do never do not drop, drop Tony <laughs> <Potter>. never <laughs> drop.
1: But, don't even, Man, take that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just take just edit, take cut, edit that
2: slices. out of the whole show. No. Yeah. No. But you, you keep know, Tony Parker. But Pauling. getting back to your previous point, yeah, Zeke, you, you know, Zeke is starting week in, and week out. C.D. Zeke Lamb, got hurt
0: this last game too,
2: by the way. Yeah, keep yeah, keep, exactly. He got so hurt. but CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, those aren't guys that you have to have to start. Okay? Like you what? you don't have no, you don't have to start some of these guys. You don't have to start some of these guys, okay? Don't mm-hmm. get that. In, I mean, in most situations, yes, you are going to start them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes sometimes your team is so stacked where you don't need to start them, especially if you're in a setting like the FFPC where you only have to start two wide receivers, mm-hmm. okay? So don't feel like you have to start some of these guys, okay? If they're in a tough matchup or they're banged up, uh, or you see, you know, you you have you know uh, a number of different running backs that you can slot in there, mm-hmm. and you have better wide receivers options. Don't feel like you have to start these guys just because of their names. Mm-hmm. They have not proven that they're you know one hundred percent weekly locks week in and week out. Just go ahead and l- just look at their weekly numbers. That being said, this is a message to all all the Cowboy fans out there. Look. Not everyone is always hating on you guys. Every time, every time <laughs> something bad happens to the Cowboys, y'all think the world is coming down on y'all. Y'all think the the media is is basically, you know, uh, you know, throwing bombs down and talking about how bad they are and people. Are fe- no, this message is specifically for Dorsey. Look, <laughs> we're not we don't really care about the Cowboys. Okay, like y'all are still a good team. No one's worried about the Cowboys. Calm down, relax. You know, y'all are still on the hunt. And they probably all think they won in the Super Bowl, anyways. But they never won the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> yeah, they trash. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Are you rostering
1: anybody else out of after Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper? Dalton Schultz. Yeah, Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. But what about Gallup? I got him. Or did you
2: hold on to Gallup through the In in deep plays, and the, the only time that I will start Gallup is if one of those other guys goes down. Otherwise, but, but think about But wait, game.
0: what if Gallup takes the Cedric Wilson slash Malik Turner
2: role? Look, that Malik Turner role is based off of like them being out of the game. Amaro, right, right. I mean, regardless of the, the
0: situation, up. though, but what about Cedric Wilson a couple of weeks ago?
2: Yeah, but you never know when to start those guys. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, but, but it's what I'm gamble. saying is
0: that type, I mean, this is not somebody you're looking, you're not looking at Gallup as being your, your main top wide receiver. But he's flex-worthy to me because he has the potential to have that type of game, you know? Because he actually is the guy that's supposed to have that role. He, theoretically, we would say is more talented than Wilson and Turner, right? This is a guy that was a second-round pick, I think, Mm -hmm. not too long ago. So, I mean, you have to pick your poison when you're playing the Cowboys. You know, even if you have top-end DBs, you got to have three top-end DBs. Mm -hmm.
2: When Gallup's in play, um, somebody's going to eat. But that's And that's what gets me to my point about that's why I feel like you don't have to start Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb. And part of this is just because of the evolution of Dak. Mm-hmm. Dak is becoming a very good quarterback as far as just hitting the open guy. He's not this quarterback now that's just trying to feed his number one wide receiver or just relying on his tight end. Mm-hmm. He's spreading the ball around. So if it's a game where your guy didn't get the ball, that's tough. Like, luckily, that's why we try to play in... Formats like FFPC or NFSC, where you you know you start as many players as possible. That way, you don't have to play that guessing game week in and week out. Now, we thought the Giants was going to be that kind of offense as well with
1: Sterling Shepard, uh, but you see the, it though, right? Darius Slayton, but they are banged up. Listen, Kadarius Tony stays banged up. They're not the offense that that we thought that they were. Do you see the Giants getting back on track and becoming potentially a playoff team?
0: Well, how far are they out of the playoff race right now? What know, is their record? What? I don't even know the Giants' record.
2: Their defense isn't terrible. The problem is their offensive coordinator, uh, Jason he's, Garrett. Is I just,
0: don't understand why he's not giving Kadarius Tony more targets.
2: No one does. <laughs> like, that, that is extremely
0: frustrating. and that's, no one does. That's almost made me just be like, all right, forget the whole Giants offense. Because if you can't see somebody that talented, it's somebody you should be getting the ball in his hands as much as yeah. possible, then you're not creating an offense that's conducive to scoring a lot of points. Yeah. You're doing whatever formula or system that you think is good, and it just doesn't
2: make any sense. He's you know? basic, you know. I want my offensive coordinator to be extra. And Jason Garrett is basic. Like he's very basic. if you watch watch like if you haven't watched the Giants game, watch a Giants game. number one what what you will notice is that they have some skilled players. Daniel Jones, to me... They have skilled players everywhere. Everywhere. And Daniel hey, Jones is condition. a competent quarterback who can run. Yeah. This is what this is what had me so excited. And that offensive line that we were so worried about has actually done pretty well. Guess who has been able... This is why we were so high on Saquon Barkley. And, of course, mm-hmm. he got injured. And it was a fluke injury, okay? So, it, I don't think it had much to do with his previous injury. It's a random fluke injury. But his backup, Devontae Booker... Looks looks looks, uh, looks amazing looks these last yeah. few weeks, you know, and that's and that's what we had, what had us excite. So even that offensive line that we were so worried about, you know, even they are playing to a point where, you know, their offensive uh, their offensive weapons can succeed in that offense. So and then someone even like Evan Ingram. The last few weeks. Yeah. He scored a couple of touchdowns. has yeah. gotten a couple of targets. Yep. He's tied in premium. He's definitely been – Seems like they're starting to get him going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe it'll take next year. I think the whole what, – what we need to happen is for them to lose, for them to retain their core, bring in an offensive coordinator uh, and a new head coach, someone who will get this offense going, and then, again, you know, we may have just been one year to, uh, ahead. So, I'm, you know, this is offense I'll, I'll probably be targeting next year too.
0: I don't know. I don't know if I made my decision yet on Joe judge yet as a, as a coach. Mm. I don't know about that. I, I definitely agree we need to they need to get rid of Garrett, yeah as soon as possible. He's not even innovative, you know he's i don't I don't know the purpose of why they even brought him in because he got that job immediately after he was fired by the Cowboys, as if he's going to bring something to them that they that they desperately needed, and I don't see it. yeah like I really think they should consider bringing an innovative mind. Somebody that you know looks at things uniquely. Yeah. Somebody that's not afraid to you know take take shots. You know, you mm-hmm. know.
2: If a tree falls in the wood, does anybody hear it? <laughs> we don't know. Okay, let's go. We, nobody hears it. it? Nobody no. knows. No the, is, <laughs> no, the question is the question is does
0: it make a sound.
2: <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make a sound. Nobody out, heard.
1: Let's talk about Philly. <laughs> you and your sayings. Let's talk about Philly for a second. Listen, Jalen Hurts continues to put up numbers. Despite Philly stinking, I keep him in my lineup. I mean, he is fantasy gold, especially for garbage time. Um, Miles Sanders is out. Who are you guys starting uh, in that uh, Philly backfield?
2: Uh, Jordan Howard. I mean, I know Jordan Howard. So, number one. When I first saw Jordan Howard, I honestly thought he was Miles Sanders. Not because mm-hmm. of his running style or because of how athletic he looked. And he did look good. Mm-hmm. But because of how slim and trim he looked. Mm-hmm. Like When I had seen Jordan Howard when he was in uh, Miami or his later days in Philly, he was like a big, bulky type back. Looked like he was his running in His later days in, in Philly
0: it was like two years ago.
2: I know. (laughs) Miami was last year. Yeah, I know. But when I I watch him now, like, he looks slim and trim. He's got a little bit more explosiveness. And this is what we were hearing Mm -hmm. as well. And that's why I kind of brought it up when Miles Sanders got hurt that, like, hey, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of upset Kenny Gainwell uh, Mm, owners. I remember I mentioned, I was like, be very careful. Like, this is why I didn't pick up – because. To me, it wasn't a situation where Kenny Gangwell was going to come in and get that role. I didn't think he was going to you know, completely lose out like he has, but mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought they were going to elevate Jordan Howard and give him some run, and I completely you know, discarded uh, Boston Scott, uh, and even he's getting run a- ahead of Kenny Gangwell. So it's mm-hmm. definitely Howard and Scott. Uh, you know, Obviously, you know, these are guys you're starting out of necessity. But getting back to your Jalen Hurts, you know, the last few weeks have not been good. Uh, I would encourage you to, you know, make sure you have a backup, you know, try and get a taste of hell. I know we don't know he's starting, but, you know, get someone who has some upside as well, because, you know, we don't know if they may look to benching Jalen Hurts. He has some good moments and then he has some very just moments that make you go, Oh man, as a NFL quarterback, as a starting quarterback, you need to be able to make that throw. Uh, and He's missed out because the run game has been so potent the last few weeks. Part of that's been... Matchup base, part of that's been, you know, uh, you know, him getting unlucky around the goal line in terms of running back scoring, you know, goal line touches. So I think that'll kind of, you know, even itself out because they went from like not running the ball at all to now that's all they do. Like and yep. that just kind of goes toward the entire theme of us doing these in-season shows where each quarter is very unique. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what we talked about, they you know, early on is that like teams will do one thing one way, defenses will get tape on it, mm-hmm. teams will adjust. Then we'll see that same adjustment occur, occur again on, on both sides of the ball. It's just a constant game of chess. So I would, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see teams now load the box and say, "All right, Jalen hurts, beat it, help, you know, beat us through the air." And now we see him passing a little bit more. See Devonte Smith getting a little bit more burned as well too. So, um, but have a contingency plan is what I'm saying.
0: I wouldn't. shoot, If you want a contingency plan, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate considering maybe just grabbing Gardner Minshew. Hmm. You know, because we know Gardner Minshew runs the ball. It is true. You know, it's true. He he he's a gunslinger. That's true. And so if he was to get that role, I think he would have some kind of fantasy value. Um, somebody you get for free, and somebody you can really not worry whatsoever about your Jalen Hurts because you know if that ever does happen, yep, you already have the replacement right there with you. So yeah, Something but to consider.
1: Right now, I think we're getting into crunch time. Like, can you really afford to hold on to Gardner Minshew? Like, given that. In the last three weeks of the season. So
2: this is so this is a hundred percent format dependent. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of situations where yes, grabbing Gardner Mentua's insurance makes sense. One is FFPC. Say you're in a league where there's not a lot on the waiver wire mm-hmm. and as far as upside. You're looking at guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, like Teddy Bridgewater, etc. Uh, and you know, you're heading into championship weeks, and yes, I like granted, they out a, a week 14 bye, but uh, say you maybe have someone to have you, help you through that week 14, but you want some added insurance in case Jalen Hurst gets benched. If your team is pretty solid, and this is tough to say because things change from week to week, why not have him as a backup? Or if you're hmm. in the super flex league, you know, and you're heading into the playoffs and your team is fairly stacked. It to me, I mean, and it's easier you, you now because we, we, we're
0: now yeah. past the we're getting past the bye weeks. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know that that crucial bye week that was what weeks eight, S- seven. 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 Yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. You know we're past that. Um, you know you're getting to a point where you don't have to hold on to all these players um, that you've been holding yeah. on to for depth because now, especially if in the FFPC format. We getting to the point where the playoffs are going to start and the mm-hmm. tournament going to start and you really need to have the high end players,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and give yourself a leeway.
2: And this is the thing too. I think they played Washington twice mm-hmm. in the, fantasy Who the Eagles. The Eagles do. In the uh tournament, the, or the Cowboys. Maybe it was the Eagles. I'm pretty sure it's the Eagles. Okay. Uh if not just just, dis- you know, disregard everything I'm about to say. I'm, I'm happy. But <laughs> okay. But yeah, so those last 3 weeks obviously uh rosters are locked. Uh so a lot is going to happen in those three weeks, stuff that we can't even imagine. People are going to get COVID. Random people are going to get injured. Random people are just going to get benched. People may get cut because of off-the-field issues, misconduct, et cetera. So if, if for some reason Jalen Hurst gets benched, we already know what Washington has done against the pass all year. They've been a sieve. They've been a pass-funnel defense. So if you're looking at a differentiator in this tournament, I mean, already you get two weeks of Washington, of you know, uh, ideally a, a very positive pass matchup where you can have Gardner Minshew, like you mentioned, his running upside, and mm-hmm. and built into this offense is a little bit of RPO, yeah. which I don't think would be that hard yep. for Gardner Minshew to run. So he'll
0: probably he'll probably be playing free too. Exactly. Like, yeah.
2: You, you heard what he here said here about being I'm number two. Time. You've heard what he said about being number two. What do you say? I can't. I don't. I don't know the exact quotes, but something about him not. You know, him the only number two he knows is like taking a. Uh-oh. Something like that. Gardner meant you know, <laughs> Mitchell, a different type of okay. cat, but either way, he got a lot of moxie to him. So don't be surprised if he shows out if he does get the job.
1: So, so you talked about Philly playing Washington twice. I believe they play them. It's where well, they play Washington twice and then the Giants. So that's actually yeah. not a bad, you know, uh, tournament schedule. Let's okay. talk about Washington for a second. It looks like uh, Fitzpatrick is not, um, I guess, progressing. Um, as well as we want him to if you want Fitzpatrick to come back for that offense. I know Dyo, but you were high on uh Hinkie, Heine-
0: Hinkie or Heineke. Uh. Heineke. Yeah. Um, I the day uh Fitzpatrick got hurt, he lost <laughs> yes. that job in my mind. <laughs> so y'all still waiting and looking at reports as far as his injury status. I don't know what y'all doing. I didn't even I forgot he was still in the league, honestly. <laughs> so
1: we'll go ahead. Let's talk about McLaurin for a second. Listen, at the beginning of this season, I know we talked about Curtis Samuel and T-Mac and 1A and 1B. That didn't seem to have panned out this season. Let's talk about T-Mac for a second. How many receivers do you start over him? Like, if you are trying to make that decision to start him in your lineup, like, is he a must start?
0: He's He's been kind of struggling lately, hasn't he? Oh, I don't have okay. much McLaurin, so I haven't really been paying attention. So
2: this, this is the difference between McLaurin and the Cowboys wide receivers. And again, usually you're starting CD and Amari. I mean, we're talking about certain situations. But mm-hmm. the thing with McLaurin is he's the number one option. Right. Okay. So when someone is the number one option, I'm not expecting anybody, I don't care who they are, to give me you know, great production week in and week out. Mm-hmm. People are going to have bad games, especially guys who are drafted in the third round. That's just the nature of it. I don't know any third round pick who's excelled every single week. You know, it's going to be hard to find. Mm-hmm. Right. So, guys like that who are the number, clear number one in their offense and who are also on a team with a bad defense.
1: Yeah,
2: like you just start those guys. Don't miss out on a bad game. Right. I don't care about. I don't care. I don't care who's guarding them. I don't care the best corner in the league's guarding them. You don't sit those players. You start them every week because of their role in the offense. Mm-hmm. What's going on with that Washington defense? Like.
1: I can't remember a defense falling off that much in a single season. I mean, they're one of the worst defenses in the league. I mean, Dio, let's talk about that for a second because I remember us having an argument about who's the best linebacker in the league. And we didn't name anyone on the Washington I said Fred team. Warner. Right, right, right. Uh, I thought
0: you were going to say I mentioned somebody. on no, the, no, no, oh, no Okay, no, okay. No,
1: no. We didn't name anyone on the Washington football team. But yeah. I know that you pay attention to defenses. Right. Deeply. Although I said Khalil Mack. We'll just leave it at that. Right. I still think Khalil Mack is one of the best linebackers in the league. I don't think he's the best linebacker in the league. But let's talk about that Washington defense right now. If you have to play them twice, is that something that you'll consider when you are, you know, picking, I guess, those playoff, like, those tournament teams?
0: See, you know, see, so... If you recall, to prior to the season, I'm not really one to look at schedule. Mm. You know, future schedule as far as how things are going to play. I, I like to play week to week. I feel like things can change any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, teams can get hot. Schemes can strengthen up. You know, you know, a team looks bad one week and look better the next week. So I really try not to look too far in the future. Um, but from what I've seen as far as the Washington football team's defense, it's their secondary that's the problem, Mm -hmm. you know, the the back end. The front seven are still very strong. Mm -hmm. You know, they still have great pass rushers. Chase Young is still doing his thing. Um, Montez Sweat, I think he might have got hurt recently, but he's still doing his thing. Um, So it's really just the fact, and, you know, we're in a passing league now. So if you don't have a strong secondary, I mean, you're you're basically doomed almost, unless you happen to play a team that just wants to run the ball all day long. So I think that's their issue. Don't know if they're going to be able to figure it out. So with that being said, if I was looking to the future, I would definitely try to target the the receivers and quarterbacks going against those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, Jalen, I, I like Jalen Hurst. I'm 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 riding with Jalen Hurst for a while. He might get benched at some point, but I'll deal with that when that comes. Um, he hasn't looked too terrible. They've been competitive. Like they won the game before this last, and they were they went to the end of the game in this last game, so they've been mm-hmm. competing now. Um, but yeah, definitely I, I would target. The Washington Football Team's defense, from again the passing, I wouldn't be trying to play my running backs against them too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens every week.
1: Speaking of running backs, are you guys
2: still high on Antonio Gibson? I've never been high on Antonio Gibson. <sighs> yeah. I thought, I thought,
1: I thought that you no. Were... Remember, I had yeah. a
2: whole, I literally had a whole segment talking about why he's not someone I considered, you know, as potentially being the number one overall back, and why I was not drafting him that high. It's all starting to run together to be. Honest. Yeah, I, I like. I'm him. just saying, I had to throw that out there because
1: like <laughs> I, I
0: still like him, but yeah. he's he's hurt. Yeah, know? and they're not resting him. They're not. Let, I think it's an injury where people were saying that maybe they might put him on IR, mm-hmm. and he hasn't missed not one game. Yeah, um, he's still it's, getting this workload. He's and he's he gets the type of workload where he's like running. They're jamming him into the line mm-hmm. every play, um, so it's not even like they're getting him in space. He doesn't have the passing work anymore. Uh, you can see in, in games they, they put him on the bike when he's yeah, on the sideline. Yeah. So something's just not right there. Um, if they're not going to rest him and allow him to heal, you know he's probably going to struggle like this the whole season. Yeah. Um, but I still like him. He's they're still yeah. putting him out there on the goal line. I know he got stuffed a, a, a couple weeks back, but he yeah. was still the goal line back. You
2: yeah. um, know this so. is one of the tougher backfields to decipher uh, week in and week out because literally his the last game he was you know off the injury report. Mm -hmm. So assuming that he was completely healthy and that was a game where he literally got minimal carries, minimal touches. And then you have weeks randomly. Well, I guess maybe not randomly, but weeks where J.D. McKissick is getting a lot of burn as well. Mm -hmm. And then we're obviously seeing a little bit of Patterson. But I say it's hard to decipher because say, you know, say Gibson does go down like I don't know what really they are going to do. You know, it's mm. going to be kind of a game-by-game game basis. Yes, maybe McKissick is probably the one that you want to own, but there'll definitely probably be games where Patterson gets a lot of burn and gets a lot of run, too. So mm-hmm. it makes, you know, either of them really difficult to kind of hold and to trust in a situation where Gibson goes down, and it makes Gibson hard to trust uh, week in and week out. So he's definitely not a fixture in my starting lineups.
0: My so. only issue with Patterson is I don't think he's getting much passing work.
2: Yeah. Oh, always. yeah, that's tough. Exactly. That makes it you extremely know, So hard. he's
0: only running the ball – And, you know, unless he's scoring touchdowns, he's not really going to give you a high high ceiling. So I would still prefer McKissick if I was to choose out of the two. Agreed,
2: agreed.
1: They're also kind of all over the place when it comes to their two-minute offense as well. Sometimes Antonio Gibson is there. Then I watched a game where McKissick was in for the two-minute offense. And Antonio Gibson was completely healthy. So it's like – who are they going to play? Two well, minute- McKissick
2: has traditionally run their two-minute offense. I think, you know, we talked about it before about how, like, that offseason quote got way overblown. Uh, the reporter who had, you know, uh, uh, reported on that specific or had commented on that, mm-hmm. you know, he said that, Gibson was getting some burn in their turbo, turbo offense, their two-minute offense. He didn't say he was getting all of it, and I think people took that as, "Oh, oh, now Gibson's getting the two-minute work. He's going to mm-hmm. be a full workhorse back." And that's never what he said. And he actually went back on, you know, and and further clarified that comment. But you know, we wanted you know Gibson to be uh, the 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 three-down workhorse back, and you know, just didn't come out, didn't come to fruition. Part of that may just be the injury. So who knows? Who, who knows?